0: are listening to The Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We've got to talk about some things going on in Bachelor Nation. I've got some sports for you. We're going to talk a little bit of Survivor and Challenge from Wednesday night. So if you haven't watched those, spoiler alert. And we'll get to some reactions in regards to Bachelor in Paradise finale. Some more. And... Yeah, we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by First Leaf. First Leaf makes it simple to discover new wines that you'll love. They learn your taste by you filling out a questionnaire, then they deliver quality wines right to your door. Sign up today, and you'll get your first six bottles for thirty nine ninety five plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Steve. That's tryfirstlea dot com slash realitysteve to get your first six bottles for thirty nine ninety five plus free shipping. Also, great holiday gift for you, StoryWorth. They compile your loved one's stories, memories, and even photos into an exquisite hardcover book, creating a valued keepsake. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash steve today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Steve to save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash Steve. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I did exactly, exactly what I told you I was going to do. I had two plates of food and each plate had the same exact thing on it. Turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, green bean casserole, stuffing. Boom. Two plates. I was out. That's all I needed. Gravy on uh, everything but the green bean casserole. So that was my Thanksgiving day. Food was great. And I hope you all enjoyed your food and your time. As I was telling you yesterday about Sports Talk Radio when it comes to Thanksgiving Day, I forgot to tell this story. I can't remember what year it was. I want to say 2000 or 2001. One of those two years. I was working at a sports station in L.A. And I was a, I was like kind of like a jack-of-all-trades there. I did engineering work. I was a fill-in guy. I did sports updates. But anytime the holidays season rolled around, whether it was July 4th weekend or Thanksgiving weekend or Christmas time when the main host took the time off, I was always one of the guys that got called to fill in. And I remember specifically, either 2000 or 2001, myself and a guy named A. Martinez. If you live in L.A. and you're listening to this, you might know A. from NPR. Uh, he's the one of the new co-hosts on NPR's one of the more popular morning shows out there. So props to A. Uh, for, for keeping it in the business. He got out of the sports talk radio world and he went over to NPR and he's doing great. But me and A. Martinez co-hosting Drive time in Los Angeles, 3 to 7 on Thanksgiving night. How many people do you think were listening to us? Six? Yes, I know Los Angeles has 8 million people in it, but I, I mean, just, I'll never forget that. Did not get to have Thanksgiving dinner that year with the family because I was hosting a show that nobody was listening to, but... Uh, just uh, definitely an all time memory that I had. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday, no, we didn't throw out a question for our listeners of, hey, what your four favorite dishes? Who's your final four? Who's a big, real turkey? Who's a real big turkey in sports? Yeah, you know, it was just like, I don't even remember what the hell we talked about. We definitely didn't take many calls, if any. Uh, but for four hours, somehow, we did a show that night. And uh, I just remember it being a lot of fun. And. I don't speak to A very much. He had me on his, he actually had me on his NPR show a while ago. I want to say, I don't know, five or six years ago. That's probably the last time I spoke with him. But maybe there is a text every three or four years, something along those lines. But uh, I've followed his career online, and um, when we do speak, it's literally the first thing that always comes up. I should have said, actually, I should have texted him yesterday and said Thanksgiving Day. A remember. 20 years ago, we were co-hosting Drive Time in L.A. (laughs) Now look at us. You're a big star on NPR, and I'm a little phone slap over here doing a podcast about The Bachelor. Times have changed, I tell you. So let's get going, talking about a little Bachelor Nation stories. I guess the first one to talk about that's on the heels of yesterday's is the fact that Johnny went on the clickbait podcast. I did not listen to it. I did not hear any clips from it. I didn't really hear much from it other than it was essentially the same thing he said on the Almost Famous podcast. So not a whole hell of a lot to add there in regards to anything he said about Victoria and anything he said about their relationship. It's the same story. So it's just, again, this is just coming from... Listening to both sides, you'll hear more of Victoria's side on next week when she goes on Nick's podcast with Greg. But here's what I can tell you: for anybody that's still debating, like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know who to believe in this situation. Do me a favor: go back to the Clickbait podcast on April eighth, twenty twenty one. It was hosted by at that time Tasha Adams, Natasha Parker grocery store, Joe, go to April 8th, 2021, and listen to that podcast. And then you tell me if you can, you honestly think you can believe anything that comes out of Victoria Fuller's mouth. I'll just leave it at that. So moving on to another podcast that we got some news on yesterday, Mike Johnson and Brian, Rachel's husband. Abbasolo, I I never know how to pronounce his last name, Abbasolo, Abbasolo, whatever the case, Mike and Brian's podcast, talking it out yesterday, they just came on and announced, oh, by the way, this is our last episode. From what I know, they didn't give a reason. They're just done. My reaction, I can't say I have much of one other than good riddance say, wow, Steve, that was kind of harsh. Okay. (laughs) I only listened to one podcast that Mike and Brian ever did. And it was the week after the Demi story broke with me last April. And these two guys spent one hour absolutely trashing me without ever having spoken to me in my life, without ever asking me anything about anything and just had a free for all on me. So, do you think I care that Talking It Out is now gone? No. It's just one less podcast you all need to listen to. So, I I don't know what else to say. I don't care that they're gone. Can't say I was big fans of them. You know, they weren't big fans of me. I wasn't big fans of them. However, I've never sat and spent one hour trashing them on a podcast without ever having spoken to either of them. They did that to me. So, you know... Just turn guess turnabout is fair play, and um, they are no longer doing a podcast, and they didn't give a reason why. Like I said, I mean, I'm not even saying this jokingly. It's probably a good thing. There are too many podcasts in Bachelor Nation, you know? Now, I don't know if this means talking it out is going to be replaced by somebody else in Bachelor Nation. I have no idea, but they're done, and they didn't really give a reason, apparently, and they didn't even give, like, a goodbye episode. It was just like, hey, we're done today. Bye. They did one final episode, and now they're they're gone. And that is kind of weird why you wouldn't give a reason for someone who's done a, I, I think their podcast is a couple of years old, right? Why would you not tell your listeners why you're not doing it anymore? Or maybe they did. I, I, if, I if they did, then I apologize for saying that. But I didn't get the impression that they did. And, um, yeah, they're no longer doing a podcast. So there you go. Uh, one thing that I forgot to bring up yesterday... And we talked about it a couple of days ago when Caitlin Bristow took to her Twitter and apologized to Sierra for her podcast last week with Danielle Maltby and the way she came across. And she said, You know, I'm deeply sorry. I've been reflecting for a few days and I see where I went wrong. I sent you a DM a couple of days ago and one now on Instagram. Would love to apologize offline and to you personally. My opinion then was, Why does it just bring her on the podcast? I think she should. I think, and I don't know if Sierra would do it because, you know, there's a faction out there that's going to tell Sierra, even though. Caitlin and Danielle were the ones that called her out and all Sierra was doing was responding to them. There's still going to be a faction that tells Sierra, get over it, stop talking about it, which is just ignorant. But anyway, Sierra responded to Caitlin's tweet two days ago and wrote, appreciate this. I wouldn't have looked to find your DMs had you not tweeted. It's hard accepting your apology since I feel it's only warranted after being called out. After my experience, I have a hard time believing people are genuine in the public eye. I'll respond to privately. Thank you. It's a good take. It really is because Sierra kind of nailed that one. It is very hard, especially within this franchise in believing any of these people are genuine in the public eye. And I just, you know, I, when Caitlin sent that tweet, I always, I, I thought that was, I was like, okay. She's basically tweeting out publicly, hey, I want to talk to you privately. It just, it it was confusing. And it was almost like she was doing it to let everybody know, hey, you know, I did make a mistake. And, you know, like we've we've kind of all been there because when you do have to apologize publicly, people are like, oh, you're just doing that because of this. And it's like, but then if you don't do it, people say, where's your public apology? So it's almost like you can't win. However, I do... Stand with Sierra here when she says, uh, especially within this franchise, I just don't know how many, who I can believe is actually genuine in public. So I don't know what's going to happen between them. I don't know if Sierra is going to go on that podcast. My guess is she probably doesn't because of what I just said. I just think she knows that people are going to come after her for still talking about this when Michael and Danielle are so happy together. And it's just going to look like sour grapes, even though it's not sour grapes. She's moved on and she has a boyfriend, but Anything she says negative about Michael and Danielle. This goes to something I've said a thousand times. If you have negative information and you share it, whether it's on a tweet or an Instagram story or a reel about somebody in this franchise that is very well liked, no matter how true your negative information is, you will get shit on for it because people just can't get over their biases for people that they like. And they can't look objectively at something for people that they like, i.e. Nick File in next week's podcast with Greg and Victoria. So if you have negative information about somebody that's questionable in the franchise, has a villain edit, everyone's like, oh, yeah, totally love the tea. (laughs) But the second it's against somebody that most people like, it's like, well, there's got to be another side to the story. It's just it's so hypocritical, of this franchise. It's it's what drives me nuts about reporting about this show nowadays. But I don't know what's going to happen with Sierra and Caitlin, but she did respond to that tweet, which I thought was was very interesting. All right, let's talk a little bit of Survivor and the challenge from this week, Wednesday night. If you didn't watch either, um, fast forward, I guess. Starting in Survivor, another episode where the editing... It really made you think that there were a lot of people up for elimination that night. But when they focused on Jesse and Jesse's plan and they put actual script on the TV screen... Of three things you have to accomplish to get a blindside and to get or get somebody out of the game, and it was all about Noel, I had a feeling Noel was, was going home, no matter how they tried to shake it and how they tried to maneuver it and make you think maybe it's not Noel. I just kept going back to that. I'm like, they're not going to take time out of their episode to show all these different things that Jesse put in place to get Noel out, only to have Jesse end up going home or somebody else get blindsided. It just seemed like. Jesse was very smart in maneuvering that. And Noel was a target for sure. And it worked. Now there's still a lot of craziness going on at this point. I still don't know. It looks like Jesse and Cody are running the game here and they can get to the end. But if any other group of three or four decide to flip, then those two go to the bottom. So, we know how this goes. It's just impossible to know, especially with editing. Uh, they do a really good job on, on the editing on that show to kind of confuse you. But we're down to the final seven now of Survivor, and I've enjoyed. I've, I again, I've enjoyed this season a lot. I really like it, and I like the characters on it because there are some characters. Cody's certainly a character, I think. Uh, Sammy is nineteen, even though he looks thirty five. Um. Who's some of the other ones? Uh, now, of course, I say there's a bunch of characters, and I'm blanking. Um, you know, Jesse. Jesse would be a good story, I guess. of the people that are left, the seven that are left, and who has the best story, I would say Jesse does. This is a guy that was in juvenile hall and um has worked his way out of that and got himself a degree, and now he's here on Survivor. He's married with kids, like. He probably has the best story in terms of underdog story to win this thing. So I'd say he's a front runner for sure, especially pulling off the way he did. And they gave him that much camera time last night to show and dissect how he's going to get rid of Noel and that he everything worked to plan. That's a pretty big edit in his favor. The challenge on Wednesday night. Okay, this bothered the hell out of me. Did any of you watch the challenge on Monday or on Wednesday? That daily challenge, where it was, you know, here's a puzzle. Go run. Your partner has to step on a pole to let you see it. The longer they can stay on the poles, the more you can look at the puzzle and then run back and put the puzzle together. And there were two teams left: Evan and Tory, and Nelson and Norese, and both of them. They were, well, it seemed like they were well ahead of everybody else, but both of them only had two pieces left, the top pieces, to fill in. And I'm like, but then they're like, all right, two pieces left, let's go. And then they run to go see the puzzle. I'm like, you guys have five, it looked like there were about five, maybe six, seven puzzle pieces on the ground. Why would they have to run all the way back to look at the puzzle? Yes, yes. Once you go look at the puzzle, you can run back and look at your two pieces and be like, oh, these are the two. These are the final two pieces of the puzzle. But when there's only six or seven there, how many different combinations can your be? Can there be, including the size of them and where they fit? I didn't understand why they had to run back and go look at the puzzle. I was just waiting for one of them to just be like, all right, we got about seven pieces left. And here's what here's the shape. Here's the space we have left. It can only be these two pieces. And I would think you could figure that out by the time the other team ran, however long that was, looked at the puzzle, and ran back. Oh, my God, that bothered the shit out of me. I couldn't. I was screaming at the TV. I'm just like, just try the pieces. You, You admit you only have two left. Just try them. Try all the different combinations, and I guarantee you get it before that team runs all the way, goes and looks at it, and runs all the way back. You will figure it out. Because I was looking on the on the floor, and it looked like six to eight pieces were on the floor. It's like there aren't that many different combinations, especially when all the pieces aren't the same size. I don't think, yeah, because they were different shapes and sizes. Like, and then all you gotta do is look at your board and be like, okay, we have these spaces left. I, I didn't get it, but it could something that be clearly as me as a TV viewer. There's something that I don't know about. So if anybody that was on the show and was listening to this podcast, you were one of the competitors, please tell me why you had to go run and go look at the puzzle when you could have just looked at your pieces on the ground and figured it out. Thank you. Um, no, I'm probably not going to get an answer to that, am I? Oh, well. But um, again, <laughs> uh, I, I just it was one of these things where the editing set it up because they specifically in the first five minutes of the episode specifically wanted to show you that Amber was talking to Nelson and both of them were saying how much they respected the other one and Nelson's telling her you're my girl not as in girlfriend but you know you're my girl I'm gonna take care of you and Amber's like yeah I will never put you in either and then when it got down to who are they going to put in the the elimination, the four teams. Clearly, Amber was one of them. And then when Nelson said, "But you're not going in. Trust me. I, I'm I'm putting you here because I know you're close to this team. And if this team doesn't get the if pull, they pull the safe sword, they're going to save you, Darrell." But then everything blew up in his face because they didn't put Bananas and Nani in as the first team. So <laughs> it was it just on the challenge. You can I get tricked by the survivor editing on the challenge. The challenge editing is almost very very obvious. All you need to do is pay attention in the first 10 minutes of who gets camera time because they're not just going to go a whole episode and not show a team that's going to end up ultimately leaving at the end of that episode. Whoever they feature in the first 5 to 10 minutes is a either going to be in the going to win the daily challenge and going to be making decisions, b be one of the four teams up for elimination, or c the team that gets eliminated in the zone like clockwork. And finally, college football this weekend, obviously the biggest matchup number two versus number three, Ohio state, Michigan. I don't really have a play on that only because I don't know the status of Blake Corum. Even if he does play, it doesn't seem like he's going to be a hundred percent. And I think that throws everything off when it comes to Michigan, Ohio state is at home they have to avenge last year's loss to Michigan first in what 15 years that they had lost to Michigan I, I something like that they had beaten them 9 or you know 9 out of 10 or 12 out of 13 something ridiculous and they've got obviously national title hopes and play a college playoff hopes in their in their head uh, you can't lose that game if you're Ohio state you're at home you're playing Michigan and you have revenge from last year when they embarrassed you. So should they get it done? Yes. But the, there's a reason there's a, a line on the game because uh, it, not everything is so easy to predict. The one game I like, kind of a nondescript game, Neither team, one of the teams isn't even going to a bowl and I think one needs to qualify. I, I don't know what BYU's record is, but... I like BYU laying the six and a half at Stanford. Stanford's basically given up on this season. They've been awful for four years in a row now. And I just, they have zero home field advantage. Nobody goes to Stanford football games. All you got to do is watch their games and see. It is a morgue in their games, no matter if it's an afternoon game, a mid afternoon game, or a night game. Nobody cares about Stanford football. And it's been showing the last three or four years. David Shaw had something going good there for a while, took him to a couple Rose Bowls. And uh obviously, he had Andrew luck, he had Bryce Love, but those days are gone. Uh, he's been awful for I think four years now. They have one of the worst records. I think one of the they have I want to say since 2019, the only teams that have a worse record in college football, there's like only like four or five like Stanford has been terrible. BYU hasn't been great this year. their defense is terrible, but they can score. And Stanford just has a hard time putting the football into the end zone. <laughs> so I'm will I'll, I, you know, I, I'm always scared of road favorites in college football, but this is not some atmosphere that BYU can't play in. It's literally like playing in a practice game because nobody cares and there's no noise made in that stadium. So I'll take BYU minus the six and a 6.5. But some good games this weekend. Obviously, we've got some interesting things happening in regards to the college football playoff. Clearly, the Michigan-Ohio State winner is, for the most part, as long as they don't lose to probably Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, they're in. Georgia's going to be in. And look, Georgia can even lose to LSU in the SEC Championship, and they're still going to be in the college football playoff. Because I don't know if you remember last year, Georgia was 12-0 heading into the SEC Championship last year, and Alabama beat them, and, only, and Georgia fell to four. So if LSU beats them, they're not dropping. So they're in. The Ohio State-Michigan winner is in. And if TCU beats Iowa State at home this week and then beats Kansas State in the Big 12 championship, assuming Kansas State gets there, they have to beat Kansas on Saturday, TCU's in. So there's going to be three or four teams fighting for one spot. But sounds easy, but you never know. College football is the craziest sport out there. Upsets all the time. We'll see what happens, but BYU is my pick for this weekend if you're interested in that sort of thing. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, hope you have a great weekend. And I will talk to you on Monday. See you!